Blog Talk Radio. Here's Galchenyuk, Bantanir scores! And now it's Gallagher, Gallagher stepping in and shoots, scores! Alex Galchenyuk up for the drop, look at it, he's in the line, waiting, scores! This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. All right, everybody, welcome to a special off-season edition of the Habs 360 podcast. It's episode 213 of, uh, of the Habs 360 podcast, and we're here for the next about 30 minutes to give you some news that has happened so far for the Montreal Canadiens since our last episode, which was a little bit over a month ago. And joining me to uh, talk about the latest news, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. You can follow Twitter at All Habs. It's, it's Rick. How are you doing, Rick? I'm doing great. This is a uh, rare treat. Uh, it's nice to, nice to be here. Nice to be in shorts and doing the show. Yeah, that's uh, for sure. And it's great to be back at short break, but we're back into it. Uh, lots of action uh, when it comes to the Montreal Canadiens. And every now and then during the offseason, we'll come back and we'll bring you the latest the Montreal Canadiens news during the offseason as we also prepare for next uh, season of the Habs 360 podcast as well. And, well, the biggest news since uh, the end of the season, since we went off the air, It happened on June 15th, a couple of days ago on Thursday, when the Montreal Canadiens acquired Jonathan Duane from the Tampa Bay Lightning. They also got a conditional six-round draft pick for the 2018 draft. In return, Canadiens give up Mikhail Sergachev and a conditional second-round draft pick in 2010. And while the condition is... If Sergachev plays 40 games next season, regardless if it's regular season or playoffs, no picks will be exchanged. So quite the big move uh, for the Canadians. They were looking for some scoring. And, well, I think they got it. At the same time, the Canadians also did announce that uh, Jonathan Duane signed a six-year, $33 million deal which also includes a modifi- uh, modified no-trade clause for the last two years. And the trade clause is that he'll, get, he'll have the option to choose three teams, which he, will, he cannot be uh, traded to. So, Rick, I'm going to start it off with you. What were your thoughts on the trade when you heard about it uh, last week? That deal came pretty quick. That's got to be the quickest deal that Alan Walsh has, has ever negotiated. Uh, pretty evident that the Canadians wanted 
Duran pretty badly that they wanted uh, they not only wanted the trade done but they wanted the negotiations and him signed to that contract prior to the uh, news conference to introduce him to uh, to uh, the Montreal media. Um, so I, I, you know this this rumor that Bergevin had interest in in Drouin is is gone on for about a year, I guess. Um, Bergevin finally got his guy. Um, just kind of quick thoughts. I, you know, um, he's an exciting player. Um, um, he's, he's not, I, I think people are missing that he's not, a, primarily he's not a scorer. He's a playmaker who can score. Kind of a, 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 a bit of an upgrade on Radulov. Same kind of thing. The other thing, he's not a center. Um, he's much, he's played a little bit, very little bit. Um, but he's he's primarily a winger, and he's his strength is that wing. Um, I mentioned Alan Walsh, uh, Duran, along with Alan Walsh, uh, a, a very very public um, publicly walked away from from the Lightning, or more specifically the Syracuse Crunch, but a year ago. So there's some uh, Duran comes with a bit of baggage, some character issues, um, and then. You know, well, uh, I, I guess I want to hear what you have to, to uh, uh, say about Duran, but there's also the other piece of this, and that's the Mikhail Sergachev piece, and we can uh, we can talk about that in a minute. But but uh, yeah, why don't you jump in on Duran? Well, I think Jonathan Dreich he's a good uh, he's a good pickup for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, is he the missing piece to the Canadiens to bring them to make them a Stanley Cup uh, contender? I'll say no, but he's I think. He would definitely help the team offensively. Uh, last season, which was his his first complete year in the NHL, he played 73 games. He scored 21 goals and uh, 32 assists for a total of 53 points, which isn't bad for a uh, 22-year-old uh, player. He was 21 during uh, the season. So at least the potential is there. He's played center in the juniors. And since he became a professional player, uh, he he's played uh, mostly on uh, the wing. And the first thing, well, one of the first things he was asked by the media during the press conference was, do you want to play center? Do you want to play wing? And, well, what else do you expect Jonathan Duane to say? But uh, that's Claude that's going to decide that it won't be uh, his decision, which is, you know, the right thing uh, to say uh, as well. When it comes to his contract, Six years, $33 million. I think it's a, it's a fair amount uh, to give to, uh, to a young player who, who has potential and he wants to be in Montreal. That's another good thing about this, uh, about this trade. It's a dream come true for him. And we know there's been in the past other players, uh, French-Canadian, who have played for the Montreal Canadiens, and well, they all haven't uh, panned out. But I'm. I think that will be different for Jonathan Dwyer. I think he's gonna have some uh, success with uh, the the Montreal uh, Canadiens. But now, uh, Rick, before we talk about the player the Canadiens gave up, why don't you tell us your thoughts on the the contract that he signed, six years at thirty three million? What do you think about that? Well, it's a it's it's a hefty contract um, to. To give to someone right away, uh, you know, it's 
it certainly um, Alex Galchenyuk um, isn't getting that kind of consideration to get a six-year, $33 million contract right away. Um, you know, I, I think part of it is that, uh, as you said, he's, he's, uh, he's a hometown guy, and that certainly excites fans. He wants to be in Montreal, although, um, you know, Louis LeBlanc wanted to be in Montreal. Guillaume Latendres wanted to be in Montreal, and, and, and that didn't work out. So, but but there are there are things going for. I, I think it's it's um, it's a, a you know if if he's able to turn into a, a perennial thirty goal scorer, maybe maybe it's not a bad contract. But he's an unproven player with some character issues, and there's a bit of a risk there. And as well, it ties Bergevin's hands, who's quickly running himself into cap trouble. Uh, with Carey Price's, uh, you know, on the horizon. And it looks like uh, Bergevin is going to have trouble signing, say, Radulov to the kind of contract that he's he's seeking, uh, having committed these number of dollars in this amount of term already to a player who hasn't played a game for the Canadians. And I just want to correct myself. It's the second. Uh, Jonathan Dwight played two full years. Uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning. He also played in 2014, 2015. He played uh, 70 games with them and uh, scored and got 32 points. So he still has some experience. You mentioned uh, Guillaume Latendres. Uh, you mentioned Louis Leblanc. They came in as rookies. None, uh, Guillaume Latendres, for example, hadn't even played a game in the NHL or anything where Jonathan Dwyer at this point, he's played... Uh, more or less three years in the NHL uh, in 2015-16. It was only 21 games. So at least it's good that he brings some baggage, some experience uh, with him uh, ready to face the uh, Montreal uh, media. So the Canadians, to pick up a player like uh, Jonathan Duane, they had to give up an asset. And, well, the, the, the price was their first-round draft pick, uh, Mikhail Sergachev, so, Rick, what do you think of the price the Canadians had to pay to acquire uh, Jonathan Dwayne? I thought it was interesting that I happened to hear Pierre Maguire's comments, and, and I don't know if this happen, has happened before, but Pierre Maguire uh, it seems to agree with you that Drouin is not uh, the key piece. Um, Maguire said that Drouin is a piece, a nice piece, but he's not the missing piece for the Canadians to go to the to the uh, next next step and, and compete for a championship. And for me, Bergevin traded Mikhail Sergachev, a, a blue-chip prospect, perhaps the only one he has, and he didn't get what he needed. He didn't get that long-sought-after first-line center. Um, and by trading Sergachev, he's created another hole in now he's, uh, in addition to needing a center, he needs a top-pairing puck-moving defenseman. Um, and so as, as soon as that trade was, um, you know, um, formalized we, and, and announced, uh, we heard that, um, that reports that from, from teams around the NHL that, that Alex Galchenyuk was formally on the market. So it's, and, and that, that, Bergevin was looking for a defenseman. Um, so now with the trade, um, Bergevin has two holes. 
um, his his roster is loaded at left wing. Um, you got Pacioretty, Duran, Galchenyuk, Lekkonen, Houdan. It's thin on the right side with uh, Gallagher, Shaw, maybe Radulov. We don't know yet. Um, and and you've given up this this Sergachev is um, you know he was um, he was a, a, a as I said before, the blue chip prospect. If he continues on the same trajectory that he's on, he's going to be a top pairing defenseman uh, in the NHL for a very long time. Uh, we saw that he didn't look too much out of place at the beginning of the season when he came up for his trial. Um, he looked pretty good. Uh, he, you know, he wasn't making decisions quick enough. That's, that's normal. That's natural. Um, he was kind of being targeted by the opposition uh, he, he'd have to learn to, to deal with that. But he, um, he performed well, went down to juniors, kind of struggled when he got back, but then the second half of the season, he was phenomenal. He was dominating in the Memorial Cup. He was on the all-star team. Sergeyev is, is the real deal, and um, this better work out for uh, Bergevin because he gave up a huge piece and didn't really solve his center issue. Um, in making the trade, I think uh, at the end of the day, the trade was uh, a player who's who's played in NHL before. He's played the what is it about 100 games uh, in the National Hockey League, 164 games in the NHL, and he traded him for Sergachev, who's played four games in the NHL. So one is more proven than the other. So then. I, I'm okay with uh, with the price that uh, they paid, and I agree with you that he was the best prospect the Canadians had in their system. But at the same time, if you look at the Canadians' uh, history of uh, their round number one picks, if I look at 2009, Louis LeBlanc, then 2010, Jared Tenorti, in 2011 is Nathan Bollier, 2012 is Alex Galchenyuk, then there's Michael McCarron, 2013, Nikita Sherbach in 14. Okay, and then we have Noah Juleson in 2015 and Mikhail Sergachev in 2016. So if we exclude Juleson and we exclude, exclude uh, Sergachev, like what do we have in common with most of the other first-round players? It's players that most of them haven't panned out in the Montreal Canadiens jersey. So who knows that maybe Sergachev, uh, we know the Canadians, the development has always been, has been an issue for them. They're they seem to struggle to develop players in a system. So, you know, there's a good chance that Sergeyev probably won't even develop as a, uh, the player that, that we're expecting to be with the Montreal Canadiens. And they acquired somebody who who's more proven in the NHL than, uh, than, than Sergeyev is. So when it comes to the price to pay, I'm, uh, I'm okay with, uh, what, the, um, with what the Canadiens uh, gave up. Uh, so, Rick... Hap 360 were informative, were interactive. When the uh, trade was posted on uh, the All Habs Facebook page, uh, what did the comments look like from uh, from uh, the followers of uh, All Habs? I think I would say um, uh, like a 70-30 split in favor of the trade. Uh, like Pierre Perry, sorry Perry Glenn Osmond says, great move, Montre- uh, Mark. 
Uh, Gerald uh, McDonald says, welcome to Montreal. Kirby Mindy Gillingham says, it's about time. Tammy Henry says, welcome to the Habs. Ryan Davis says, good call. Um, awesome signing, awesome great signing, says Michael Burton Arsenault. Uh, Randy Perry says, welcome to the Montreal Canadiens. Brian Paul says, he's not wearing 27, but that might change. Uh, for those who miss it, he was wearing number 72 at the news conference, uh, his number backwards, and of course, Alex Galchenik currently uh, holds sweater number 27. Uh, maybe a little bit more thoughtful response. Mike Gauthier says, a good player, but he's not a center. To give up Sergachev and not get a stud center concerns me greatly. Uh, Norman Giacomo says, the Habs should go get Cedric Paquette. He's a center and would complement Patches. I don't know that Cedric Paquette <laughs> played fourth line for the Lightning uh, uh, and and he was left unprotected so uh, in the expansion draft um, Michael Parsons says snagging Drouin was great hopefully it won't be another head case Montreal has a long history on that front now Montreal is going to screw up and dump Galchenyuk uh, what the Habs need to do is start Galchenyuk in the minors to start the season let him make mistakes and find his game he's never going to fit with the big club until he finds it well uh, I can tell you, Michael, he's not going to start the club with the Laval Rocket. First, he he doesn't belong there. But secondly, the Canadians couldn't get him there. He would uh, he would uh, never get through there's... waivers yeah. uh, to to get to the Rocket. So uh, I understand that you want him to find his game, but he has to do it in the NHL. And one thing I think that is certain that it's not the only move. Well, I, that's going to happen during the off season for Mark Bergevin. There's, there's got to be more moves that are going to come up later in the off season or coming up on uh, right after the free agency on uh, July first. Uh, speaking of another move, uh, Mark Bergevin has to do one on Saturday prior to um, submitting his expansion protection list. We'll talk about that next on the other side. This is the Habs 360 podcast featuring Habs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Habs360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, 
drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back. It's episode 213, a special off-season edition of the Habs 360 podcast for this uh, Saturday, June 20th, 2017. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980, along with Rick Stevens at uh, All Habs. And well, on Saturday, Canadians, uh, prior to uh, submitting their protection list for the expansion draft, well, they pulled off a trade. Nathan Bowyer was traded to Buffalo Sabres in exchange for a third-round draft pick. And, well, I wasn't surprised that the Nathan Bowyer was traded and before the expansion draft. But honestly, I was expecting a little bit more of a return than what the Canadians got on a third-round uh, third pick. But, well, it was expected that if Nathan Bowyer would have been exposed by the Canadians, that Las Vegas would have had an eye on him and then they would have lost him for nothing. So then, if you're Mark Bergevin making a call to other general managers, they know the same thing, that if Bowyer gets exposed, he'll probably get picked up. Well, they're not going to pay uh, the moon <laughs> to pick up Nathan Bowyer. If here, I'll give you a third-round pick. If Bergevin says no, well, okay, I'm not giving anything and losing for nothing for uh, from Las Vegas. So in that sense, I'm not surprised that they got a third-round draft pick, but Rick, with the return that they got, I'm thinking Canadians held on to him too long and didn't get the maximum value they could have gotten for him. Absolutely. Uh, he should have been, Nathan Bilyeu should have been traded at the uh, the March trade deadline. Um, but I'm, you know, the more I think about this, I'm wondering if you only were getting a third round pick back, why not, why not just, why not keep him? Why not keep him, let Vegas take him? Um, and now I know it's the optics. It would look bad, right? Mark Bergevin would look bad for exposing him. But from a, from a, a management, from a strategy point of view, why would you keep him, um, let him be picked up? He would have been, most likely been picked up and, um, then you protect Brandon Davidson, you protect uh, Jacob De La Rose, you protect Charles Houdin. Um, I don't know. For me, that's the smarter move. It isn't the, it isn't, you know, the move that looks good. It, you know, there would be a lot of critics had, had he exposed, had Bergevin exposed uh, Nathan Beaulieu, but um, strategically it might've been the smart move. Um, if, if you were committed that, that Nathan Bowyer wasn't going to be on your roster and you were pretty sure that Vegas was going to take him, just keep him. And then, well, I guess we could segue to our next segment, which is the expansion draft. Canadians ended up uh, protecting uh, Ben instead. So is what you're suggesting that you keep Bowyer and then you expose Ben? Um, no, you keep Bowyer, you keep the same list and you, you just expose Bowyer. Okay, so you expose Bolio. That's what you suggest. Okay. Right. Well, so so it costs you a third round draft choice to uh, that you didn't you aren't getting back to protect Davidson, Villarosa, and Houdon. 
Yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, I guess that's an, an option as well. I still think that getting a fear pick is better than uh, nothing. But when it comes to Boyer, the writing was uh, on the wall when he, he, at the end of the, he was part of that rotation toward the end of the regular season, didn't play the, the game number six against the New York Rangers. So we all knew that uh, the days were numbered for Boyer. And even in garbage bag day when he said that, uh, he was told that he was important uh, to the team. That's what he was told by management. I was uh, surprised to, uh, to hear that. And, well, we'll talk about this in a future episode, but as you mentioned earlier, Canadians now, depending on what Las Vegas does at the expansion draft, they could potentially have a hole when it comes to a left to the left side on uh, defense. So we'll keep an eye uh, on that. If we move on now and talk about the expansion draft, uh, the roster will be announced uh, tomorrow during the award show. Canadians protected Drouin, Pacioretty, Shaw, Gallagher, Byron, uh, Dano, Galchenyuk, Shea Weber, Jeff Petrie, and Carey Price. And, well, if you're following Happy 60 on uh, Twitter, uh, when I submitted my uh, predictions, those are the names that I predicted. But let's be honest, at least, at least to for me, it wasn't a surprise. These, it was an easy choice for the Canadians to do, uh, to make. Rick, were you surprised with any of the names that were on that list for the Canadians? Uh, just a minor quibble, maybe. I might have protected Brandon Davidson over Jordy Ben, um, just just for his potential. I know, I know the contract Jordy Ben has that's attractive. What his place on the third pairing is attractive, but. Uh, just for his potential, I might have protected Brandon Davidson. Otherwise, I don't really have any quibbles with it. I guess the only uh, thing we're hearing that that uh, Vegas is likely going to have an abundance of a defenseman and probably so many that they'll have to trade some. So maybe Mark Bergevin is, uh, is not so worried about Davidson. Uh, I think De La Rose would be taken over Houdon. If it was me, I would be uh, taking De La Rose over Houdon, but um, we'll, we'll 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 see what happens tomorrow. Yeah, a lot of uh, Canadian fans hoping for either Plekanec or Emelin to get picked up, but I don't see it. I don't see either of those players getting picked up by uh, by uh, by Las uh, by Las Vegas uh, at the expansion draft. I think it's one of those players that you mentioned, either Udon or De La Rose, who I get uh, picked up. So that would be interesting uh, to see. So with unless these, there's a unless there's a draft pick that's that's been offered to encourage them uh, to take one of uh, Placanitz or Emelin. Yeah, and 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 we know that uh, McPhee he said he has at least six side deals waiting for him, probably even more. So that will be interesting. It's too hard to predict right now to try to do like a mock draft of Las Vegas because of all these potential side deals that could change everything. So that's why. Uh, we didn't want to go through the exercise on uh, on uh, this episode. With the acquisition of Jonathan Dewey, now the next storyline for the Montreal Canadiens is Alex Galchenyuk. It seems that he's being shopped around by the Canadiens, uh, Mark Bergevin taking calls, and according to Darren Greger, everybody who's been calling for Galchenyuk uh, has been told that uh, Bergevin wants uh, multiple pieces in order to acquire uh, Galchenyuk. And 
Rick, I'm I'm starting to believe that Yelchenyuk won't start the season in uh, Montreal. There certainly is a lot of smoke um, in that direction. Um, it seems like they've made their mind up on Galchenyuk. Uh I wonder, um, are the Canadians a better team in 2017-18 if all they do is add Duran and they lose Radulov and Galchenyuk? I would say, I would say no. No. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So um, th- there's there's got to be something. Um, that uh, a move or or maybe two moves uh, that and and some free agent signings that uh, Bergevin has to do uh, to get ready for the fall. And well, we're a couple of days before the NHL draft, and we know what happened last year around the draft uh, day. It was a couple of days after the draft, if I remember correctly. PK Subban was traded to a Nashville for Shea Weber, so who knows? Uh, something might be coming up big for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, in the next couple of days for uh, around draft day, or it might be coming up uh, around the uh, July 1st uh, deadline. Rick, it was a quick episode. Thank you very much. Thrilled to be here. Um, We're headed to Chicago. Uh, The All Habs team will be in Chicago for the NHL uh, entry draft. Be sure to follow us on allhabs.net for all your draft news and and every day throughout the summer uh, for your for your news. Glad to be here, Chris. Thanks for the invite, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, so still coming up, like we said, Las Vegas will be announcing their uh, draft roster tomorrow night. Later this week is the NHL draft. July 1st is free agency. So Habs 360 will be back probably sometime right after the uh, free agency deadline, but follow Habs 360 and all Habs for the date and time of our next episode. I hope you enjoyed our off-season special. And, well, if you miss any of our archives, go to the allhabs.net website and check out the After 60 page. See you next time. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.